Diane? Yes. Hello. I can are you doing stuff? I can hear you. If you could mute or something. Or I I mean just suggestion. Thank you. Maybe it's not you. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, Lawrence. Hey, here I am. I just just got here. Brand, oh. hi. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Excellent. Excellent. Is it just the three of us so far? Uh, no, it looks like there's like six, seven of us. Oh, I guess I need to get in a different view here, the, the global gallery view here. There we go. Hi, Rand. Hi, Rand. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Sean. Hi, everyone. Diane. Sheila. Yay. <laughs> And three, two, three person. <laughs> oh, Liz, Liz is here. Hey, Liz. I'm three, two, three. Hello. It's great that you can be on the call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy to see all of you. What time so, is it there for was you? It six o'clock? Six, six yeah. yeah. Six p.m. Six p.m., yeah. yeah. Oh, I need to get some on my feet. Yeah. Are you the same time zone as um, uh, Alex? Uh, no. Alex is one hour after me, so for her it would be, um, no, before, so for her should be 5 p.m. Okay. We have one hour difference. Well, if we could just pick up somebody in Australia, we'd be all the way around the globe. <laughs> exactly. We need Japan as well, and then we are covering. Covered. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Ah, I love it. Hey there. Hi. Hi. I'm having uh, computer issues. Took me quite a while to get the. Uh... Just realized I haven't been recording. I had paused it in the beginning. Oy. <laughs> Oy. Sorry about that, folks. All right, resuming the recording.
and we're reading from the impersonal life uh, chapter eight my idea and talking about divine inspiration and creation so uh carla with um you had the inspiration to share these thoughts and then the inspiration led to the desire what was the desire I think it's kind of grown, but originally I think the desire is to remember the thoughts, you know, and, and to, 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 I don't know, to, to really invest more energy into just writing and sending them out, but to just have them in form, you know, so I can use them more, you know, so I can look at them more so i don't know so i can whatever it is and maybe even and so from there it's grown 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 so now i share share it's about sharing too what what good is remembering those thoughts <sighs> well what value that helps me because it helps me remember it helps me remember because some they're like inspiration coming up, bubbling up, and then I and I start texting them, and so the cards are actually probably a second step from texting them, but it's because I used to have all those thoughts for years. I didn't even write them down. I found them and I'd forget them, and I'm not interested in forgetting them anymore. And so. And why is that? What's the value of remembering them? To help me choose every moment, what you know, help me remember what I'm choosing from and what what I desire to choose every moment. Yeah. So, based on what you're telling me, it feels, Carla, like the desire is to stay in tune, to stay connected with spirit. That's my AIG, really. It's, yeah. So the inspiration to hold these thoughts in your mind uh, came, and then the desire to create uh, ways to actually support you in doing that. Beautiful. And it comes to me that. I have so many of these, but I, I limit myself so much because I think I can't do them. But this one, somehow, not that this is the only one, of course, not true. But this one, I didn't have any of those limiting thoughts. I didn't imagine that they'd become anything. And so that was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There's no attachment. Right. Beautiful. Anybody else have examples of inspiration, desire, creation? Sheila? 
both of my businesses were started off with that premise. Um, the idea that there was something that needed to be done. I'll give you my adult daycare, for example. Um, the inspiration was um, I kept seeing all these little elderly folks in home health that had nowhere to go during the day and nobody to be with them. So an inspiration was to try and come up with something for them, and it, that led to my businesses. Of course, the initial desire, I will say, was to be free from my current job and to have more money was my initial impetus, but as I grew, it became more of a serving business, and um, the financial piece was just a gravy, gravy bonus. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful example. Mm-hmm. Anybody else have one? I'm going to encourage you to um, take some contemplation time to, to look for that in your life where you can see inspiration and then that's followed by the desire to bring something into creation, into manifestation. That's how we think things into being and to watch for that creative process. Because, you know, the thing, the thing is, too, um, as we all know, we can create from inspiration, we can live from that deep desire of our heart, or we can live from ego attachments, beliefs and thoughts that we're thinking, and still, if we put our attention on any thought and we energize it with our investment of our energy in our heart, then it's going to come into manifestation, even if the manifestation is just a thought, just a feeling, uh, just a physical thing, right? We see it all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can see in the world where People uh, are so attached to their judgments, their thoughts of better than and less than, that they actively are, are bringing forth uh, more and more sense of separation and divisiveness and, uh, and the uh, turmoil that follows from that, right? Because they're judging, judging, judging. So we've seen this in our lives multiple times have we not so we're we're moving now to this zero limits place of living from inspiration so beginning to really recognize how it works inspiration desire creation in the sacred flames which we're going to start discussing very soon um we uh we read over and over and over again where it says in there about cultivating the desire, that desire is that thing that brings things into manifestation, that if we're truly interested in waking up, we must have a desire for it. Without the desire for it, it just is on the back burner. It's not really happening. Other things are happening. And so uh, what I'm inviting you to this year is to really put awakening on the front burner and give it your focus.
Ron, are you sending me a message that you'd like to ask a question? Yes. Oh, okay. You know, you can always just like do that. It's, it's a little more effective because I have to go. Sure. And yeah. Okay. Um, so what's, is there really any difference between this progression and basically the same progression with just the law of attraction? I, uh, when people are manifesting things in their lives, um, what would you, is there any, any difference in that progression than this progression? Well, I'll be honest with you. I have never studied what people teach about the law of attraction. So I don't really know what you might be referring to. Because obviously you start with an idea, and then if you understand that you're a manifester, then you you have to desire what that idea is. Like let's I'll just pick something, uh, you know, a Ferrari, uh, and then you go about thinking about it, uh, and that produces action, and then ends up in time producing a manifestation. Um, so I, what I'm sensing here is maybe the only difference is that. Here, we're not particularly picking and choosing from the ego perspective what it is uh, that's generating that idea that we're <clears throat> open more to our higher Holy Spirit self uh, in letting it inspire me as opposed to me picking from my menu of things that I think would be wonderful for me, because of course I don't know what's good for me, uh, that, uh, that maybe it's that first step that's different. Uh, yeah, so um, in uh, A Course in Miracles, it talks about the difference between making things and creating, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think that's an important distinction that we can have in this conversation. So uh, the making of things is when we make things in the world of form. Remember, the world of form is our thoughts, it's our feelings, it's our physical experience and situations and circumstances. So we can, uh, by thinking ego thoughts, we can make things. Uh, so we can make uh, a chair and we can also make uh, uh, a special relationship. Uh, we can make ourselves upset, we can make ourselves sick. Uh, and we can uh, seemingly make ourselves happy uh, momentarily. Um, and in, in spirit, identified with spirit and the higher Holy Spirit self, we can bring things into manifestation through the process of creation, bringing inspiration, desire, and then uh, the, the manifestation in form. So it's... It is a different process. Law of attraction, uh, you know, I can say I saw that movie, The Secret. That's probably the extent of what I know about what people generally considered the law of attraction. And I remember the very first time I met Gary Renard, he had invited me to lunch, and the two of us went to lunch. And um, he mentioned something about the law of attraction. And I said, you know, Gary, I don't really believe in the law of attraction per se, the way I understand people talk about it. I really think of it's the law of projection. And um, uh, in the sense, there is the sense of like attracts like, which to me is different than the law of attraction as the way some people teach it. So like attracts like is I'm a complainer, I attract people who complain. Uh, I, uh, I'm a bully, I attract people who will submit to my bullying right? This is like attracts like vibrationally. And um, of course, it's all for our healing. 
there's just no two ways about that. It's always, whenever anything is uh, compelled towards each other, there, there, there is a divine impetus in it that is going to bring forth healing. Um, I was reading uh, earlier in the teachings of Master Saint Germain, where he was saying that um, people who are of different vibrations will actually, they, they will almost not repel, but they, they, they won't, they won't come together because they're not uh, harmonious. They're, there's not a, um, a matching vibration there. So like attracts like, and um, the bully and the victim are of the same vibration, let's say. And um, now going to what you were talking about in terms of bringing things into form in the sense of uh, manifesting a car, um, we can absolutely hold in our mind that we'd like a car, we desire a car, uh, and if we're desiring that car from a place of, I think the car is like, I know when I was younger, I remember guys talking about or people talking about if you had a really nice car that uh, women would be more interested in you and um, or, you know, straight, straight men, straight women would be more interested in you because that car said something about what kind of a person you were and whether or not you would be a good partner. And I remember at the time thinking, that's insane. That is the nuttiest thing I've ever heard, you know, because uh, I could see where the kind of man that I'd be interested in who would be, you know, uh, uh, a strong, um, loving, compassionate, intelligent, uh, active, man uh, doing good things in the world could drive some old beat up car, you know? I mean, yeah, that's entirely possible, you know? And so um, we have these ideas that things in this world, the symbols of this world mean things. So if you, you have this desire, we could say, to manifest a car, uh, like a Ferrari, to have as a toy, What's that desire really about? Is it a desire or is it a wanting, craving, needing, right? What is the desire about? Because, um, and I've, I've counseled people like this where they say, you know, they really would like a particular thing. And I'd say, well, that's a symbol. What is it a symbol of for you? And usually it's a symbol of safety. It's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of something. So spirit understands, our higher Holy Spirit self understands what the symbol represents to us in our awareness. And so when we're craving a particular symbol that we think represents something, spirit will, A, help us see that that does not represent. It is not safety. It is not freedom. Uh, that freedom and safety and security are spiritual qualities that we can experience and uh, symbols uh, that we think represent them do not, are not actually them. So uh, spirit's always giving that lesson to people all the time, right? And then there's the, um, the person who desires freedom 
and is not attaching symbols to it and thinking, well, I think freedom would be working from home. I don't know, but I think it would be working from home. I'd really like to work from home. And, um, and it, to me, I imagine that that will uh, give me a greater sense of freedom. So there's two ways to, to look at things when we're bringing them into manifestation. One is really from the ego, thinking I need this or I want this in order to feel free. And the other one is saying, I really would like to feel free. I would really like to share my gifts and talents in the world with, in ways that are profoundly fulfilling for myself and others. I would really like to experience beauty. I'd really like to experience wholeness and healing and vitality and luminosity and radiance. And spirit, show me how. And then the inspiration comes. Uh, and um, uh, then the desire to bring whatever that inspiration is into manifestation comes. But you see, so one is moving from lack. I don't feel free. I don't feel free. I don't feel free. I'd like to manifest some symbol that will make me feel free for 10 minutes, you know. And then the other one is I really desire to know I'm free, to feel free, and to share that with everyone just by living my life. So to ego or spirit motivation inspired by the spirit ah because just the thought oh gosh i feel so constricted and restricted i don't like this what would i like i would like to feel free is it possible for me to feel free i think it is okay i'm going to bring that into form now i'm going to align my life with the vibration of freedom with the spiritual quality of freedom and then all throughout our day we'll have inspiration that we can then be, that can ignite the desire in our heart. So the inspiration might be, okay, for me to feel free, I've got to stop complaining about my neighbor because that does not contribute to my freedom. My inspiration is that's something for me to stop doing. So I'm going to start being compassionate with my neighbor. I'm going to extend to my neighbor. I'm going to go take some cookies to my neighbor and say, Hey, I noticed your dog's been pooping on my lawn and it really bothers me, but I just want to say, hey, we're neighbors. I still value the relationship. And, you know, if there's anything you could do about that dog, that would be great. And um, how are you? What's going on with you? Something like that. So you can see that there's two, two significant approaches that we can take. And, um, and they'll bring totally different results. You know, one is going to be the inspired uh, creation uh, that comes from the fire of desire, and the other one is going to come from needing, wanting, craving, and, and thinking things into being. Yes, we can always bring things into being through projection, right, and perception. And um, uh, the thing is, is what I have found is when we uh, use that kind of technique of bringing things into manifestation, we have made that thing a false idol, and it's just a, a different energy, it's a different experience. Does that, I mean, it's a very long answer to your question, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can, we, can, we can manifest either way. It's, it goes back to careful what you wish for, because uh, you're, you're gonna get it. Uh, so uh, one will bring you 
happiness and one really love because you're just kind of chasing your tail. You're looking for things you'll never be able to find. Yeah. So one, one brings the, the joy of creation and, and then oftentimes whatever's created through love, we're, we're sharing and sharing on so many levels, right? Sharing in our mind, sharing in our heart, sharing in our world. Um, like me, I, I create classes. I get inspired. You know, I was in meditation one day. I got this inspiration to do a year-long class called Masterful Living. And my initial response was like, hmm, wow, I could feel that. That seems really expansive. And then my personality went, I can't do a year-long class. I don't want to make that commitment. That just sounds, no, 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 no. I, I can't do that. You know, and my higher self basically went, you know, just contemplate it. Just, you know, you don't have to reject it. You can just uh, mull it over, you know. And then I got the the inspiration that really um, – that the the growth and expansion that I was desiring uh, would come through holding that space for other people who had the same desire. And so I, I really felt that strongly and I got very clear guidance that everything I needed would be provided if I just said yes, that I wouldn't have to figure it all out. I just had to say yes. You see, and that's a lot of what I find with inspiration versus uh, trying to manifest things is when there's inspiration, uh, things flow and things uh, come into being with ease and with grace. Sheila's nodding her head. Yeah, anybody have examples of the two kinds of experiences? I know you do. All right, who's got one where, you know, you're pushing density, you're trying to bring something into form, and it's, it feels excruciating or difficult? Any, anybody besides Carla? Just because it's MLC3, Carla. Ron? Uh, this isn't a thing, but it was a, um, you know, just a relationship with my son that uh, we had had what we considered to be challenges with him, someone who we saw as not being exactly perfect, uh, and uh, just butted heads on quite a, quite a number of things. And then when I got into the space of seeing him for who he truly was and forgiving myself for uh, having that misunderstanding and forgiving him for that too, um, then our interaction and uh, um, relationship has changed dramatically. It just flows. It's just easy. Uh, and those things that before seemed to be barriers uh, aren't, aren't a barrier. Aren't, they were barriers that I created myself in my own thinking. But definitely one, one was, I mean, it was somewhat stagnant and frustrating, and the other um, was, uh, you know, ease and grace, absolutely flowing. Great example. Great example, Ron. Yeah. Sheila. I didn't have one. So I have many, but I, I'll let someone else share. Oh, just, okay. Diane? 
Uh, well, I was just going to share that um, a few years ago, I, I uh, got into this place where I wanted to leave my regular uh, Monday to Friday job. So I joined like a network marketing company and I wanted to build a business, but it was, I think, really coming out of not wanting to do the work that I was presently doing at the time. So it, it trying to build a network marketing business, it really felt like pushing density to me. I did it for a year. I put in a lot of time. Um, but I think the motive was probably not the best one. So after a year, I just kind of gave it up. And what happened after that was I just started finding more positive attributes about the job that I'm in. And I'm basically working the same job that I was working at the time, but I'm feeling a lot better about it. And Gradually, over time, it's gotten better. The things that were um, irritating me, etc. You know, I, I don't feel I'm pushing density as much in my current job. So I'm not feeling like I want to do something else. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful example, Diane. I, I can definitely relate to that. The um, working to earn money and trying to find that outlet, you know, like I'm doing this to get something, giving to get, versus saying, okay, I'd like to be of service. That's really what I'd like. I, yes, I, I would like to be wealthy, right? Everybody, doesn't everybody have, uh, maybe not everyone, but most people have a desire to experience wealth, right? That complete flow, all needs met, total prosperity, abundance, uh, of surplus of abundance and um, and uh, we can make it right or we can allow it and we can receive it and we can be in the flow of love and service yeah such a different experience mm -hmm. yeah interesting All right. Yeah, great, great discussion. So let's go back to anybody else have anything? Before, okay. So um, it, it says uh, in reality, and this is page 100. In reality, I have no desire, for I am all things, and all things are of me. I need only to think and speak the word to produce results. You know, I've, I've uh, heard so many people say in the last 20 years or so to me, uh, Jennifer, I just want to find out what God wants from me. You know, I just want to find out what God wills for me. And uh, I, I really tell those people, here's what God wants from you or for you perfect happiness according to your own desire wants you to realize you're perfect and live in accordance and um, God doesn't want you to take this job or that job or marry this one or marry that one or you know be straight or gay or anything, you know, be uh, uh, anything. Just express yourself, have fun doing it, 
love. That's it, you know? It's just no more complicated than that. But people have this block in their mind about what's right and what's wrong, and that they don't have the wisdom to figure it out. They have to wait for God to tell them. You know, go, you know, and it's, uh, there are times when things are lining up in, you know, and we can feel, because um, I, I have this all the time, all the time, uh, that, and I was talking about this in year one or year two class this week about, for instance, when I offer a retreat, people will often say, well, what time are we going to do this? What time are we going to do that? And I understand they'd like to know so they can organize and make appointments for phone calls or something on breaks. But I don't know till I know because I'm not going by some plan that I made. And, and it's, uh, I have to wait until I feel it. You know, I really do my best to live by guidance. And um, so a lot of times I, I don't have knowledge beforehand. And so, I, I mean, not knowledge, but um, clear direction. I'm waiting for uh, many things to line up in a particular way. And then all of a sudden I feel like, oh, call that person now. You know, I think, hmm, I'd really like to call this person and get this thing settled. Do I call them now? No, doesn't feel like now. And then all of a sudden, no, call them now. And people will often say to me things like, oh my God, I was just thinking of you. I can't believe you called me now. So we're, we're learning to live like that. It says, and you know you're not living from that inspired place when you feel frustrated and irritated that things aren't going the way you'd like. That's how you know you're not living an inspired moment. In reality, I have no desire, for I am all things and all things are of me. I need only to speak, to think and speak the word to produce results. Yet, that desire you feel in you is from me, because it is born of my idea, which I implanted in your mind only that it might come forth into expression through you. Indeed, whatever you desire is I knocking at the door of your mind. Whatever you desire is I knocking at the door of your mind. Announcing my purpose of manifesting myself in you or through you in the particular form indicated by that desire. So there you can see the difference between the desire and the needing, the wanting, the craving. What is called desire in human personalities is but the necessary action of my will pushing forth the expression of my idea into outer manifestation or being. What to you would seem to be in me a desire for expression is but the necessity of my idea of myself to be or express itself. So when we're experiencing that desire, that's why I really think of desire as desire of the Father, of the Father. And that's what's being said here. Therefore, every real desire you feel, 
Every desire of your heart comes from me, but must of necessity sometime in some shape or other be fulfilled. However, as I, I have no desire, because I am all things, once this idea of expressing myself in this new condition was born, I had but to think, that is to concentrate or focus my attention upon my idea and will it to come forth into expression. Or, as is told in my other revelation, to speak the creative word and at once do the cosmic forces of my being set in vibration by the concentrating of my will proceed to attract the necessary elements from the eternal storehouse of my mind and with my idea as a nucleus to combine form and shape around it these elements into what is called a thought form of a planet filling it with my life substance my consciousness and endowing it with all potentialities of my being. So this is how the world came into form. This act of thinking produced only a vitalized thought form of a planet, and its manifestation was still in a nebulous state in the thought realm. From a thought form, however, the quickening power of the idea within, with my will, focused upon it, proceeded to mold, fashion, and gradually to solidify into material form the various elements of life substance. Until my idea finally shone forth in substantial manifestation in a world of visible forms as the planet Earth, a medium ready for living expression and now capable of both containing and expressing me. This was the material body prepared by my thinking, in which already dwelt all the potential nature of my being by reason of the informing power of my idea within. The next stage was the developing and preparing of avenues or mediums through which I could express the manifold phases, possibilities, and powers of my idea. The outward evidence of this was what is known as the mineral, vegetable, and animal kingdoms, which each in turn, as it came into manifestation, gradually unfolded higher and more complex states of consciousness that enabled me more and more clearly to express the infinite phases and variety of my nature. It was at this stage that I looked upon my creation as stated in my other revelation and saw that it was good. But there yet remained the final and culminating medium of expression. Up to this point, which each perfectly expressed some phase of my nature, yet all existing mediums and avenues were unconscious of me and were mediums of expression only as a wire is a medium for conducting heat, light, and power. The conditions were ripe, however, for the creation of mediums through which my divine attributes could find conscious expression, conscious not only of their relationship to me, but of their ability and power to express my idea. It was at this moment in time that you and your brothers and sisters were born into existence as human expressions, coming into manifestation as you did, similarly with all other mediums in response to my concentrated thought. 
in which I saw all the infinite variety of my attributes in actual expression, in entitized forms, each manifesting in predominance some particular phase of my being, and each conscious of me, its creator and expressor. I saw you in perfect expression, even as I see you now, the real you, an attribute of myself, perfect. For in reality, you are an angel of light, one of my thought rays, an attribute of my being, encapsulated in earth conditions with no other purpose, which is no purpose at all, but a necessity of my being, but the final complete expression of my idea. And I'm going to pause there. So this, this is what A Course in Miracles tells us, that we are this perfect expression regardless of any belief that we have about ourselves. We're just as perfect now as we always have been and always will be that we are aligned with divine will always now and forever because there is only one will there is no other will and that when we are expressing as it said in earlier chapters when we're expressing what seems like dysfunction uh, that too is an opportunity for us to learn and in that even we are aligned with divine will even in that so there's just no moment ever, ever, ever in any person's life or lifetime when there isn't perfection going on. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to us from our human perspective. Mm. I really love this book because I think it's, it's uh, in many ways, it's so clear and concise. And uh, it really does say what all the great mystics say. But it also delineates things in ways that we can look at it and read it and comprehend it. Anybody have any thoughts or questions about this before we um, conclude. Somebody, Ron? Uh, yes, yeah, so are you familiar with uh, Madame Blavatsky or uh, Theosophy? Yes, yes, I am. I think this is very consistent with um, you know, with that, uh, that, that, that teaching or her, uh, uh, -huh. you know, uh her, I guess, founding and expression of, uh, of the same kind of belief, but it's expressed obviously a lot, a lot easier to read than the, uh, the secret doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. Blavatsky, uh, what an amazing person, what an amazing life. So many amazing, amazing experiences. There are, I read a book once, um, I've not read any of her books. Um, uh, I just haven't felt called to it, but I, uh, many years ago, 20 years ago, I don't remember, um, I read a book of her, uh, of letters related all from various people in her life. And um, 
It was like a whole collection of letters from uh, people who interacted with her. And I think some of her letters were in there and uh, many, many letters discussing things that um, she experienced or people experienced around her. Because that was a time when people wrote letters to each other and to share things, right? And um, yeah, um, so Madame Blavatsky, an amazing mystic, and a really, what a character. I always think, isn't it amazing that they haven't written any movies about her? What an amazing, incredible woman. And the people around her. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else familiar with uh, Blavatsky? You might just, maybe we can find a few things, uh, Google a few things and, and put something in the Facebook group. Is everybody in the Facebook group now? Masterful Living Year 3. It's pretty easy to find if you're not already in there. I think everybody's been invited. Yeah, and one thing you can know too, that um, you're all still in the Year 2 group. So, um, it's, uh, you can obviously post things in either group. You can join the year one group. What I would like to ask everybody to do is to email me at mlc at jenniferhadley.com a draft of your contract. And then uh, I'd like for us, because we have the video now, we can uh, actually, I can create a document with all of them in it and I can share that with you. Um, and we can look at some of the contracts and look at seeing if uh, there's any of the, the, the language, the insight, things we can take from each other, things that we can tweak a little to have more clarity. And uh, my invitation to you this year is to really keep your contract right in front of your mind that it's there, um, that you, you won't forget it, that, uh, as I said, somewhere, you know, I could wake you up in the middle of the night, what's your contract? And you would say, to be the love of God, to be in the flow, or what, whatever it might be. Any questions about that? Any questions about anything? All right, great. Wait a minute, I have one. So that's everybody, you know, like just the MLC3 people, right? Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we're both in our MLC3 class, we'll just discuss the MLC3. Just like in MLC2, we'll just discuss the MLC2 people. Yeah, thanks, Carla. All right, let's pray. So grateful and so thankful to recognize our perfection. So grateful and so thankful to be still and know I am God. So grateful and so thankful to know that no mistakes have been made that we are born of this infinite love of the Creator. The love that the Creator has for us is the eternal love that 
everything is born of. So grateful to relinquish any and all thoughts that contradict the truth. So grateful to stand in an awareness of truth as our very nature and being. So grateful to celebrate the love that we are. Mm -hmm. So grateful to see each other as perfect, whole, and complete. We're calling forth dynamic healing, insight, wisdom, and clarity to continue to reveal itself in through and around us all the time. We are grateful to be in an eternal flow of love and share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. We go forth more clear, more loving, more luminous, more radiant, more harmonious, more prosperous. We are grateful and thankful to let the word spoken be the truth of our experience. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Thank you. Have a fun community call. Let me know if you make any changes. <laughs>